Welcome to MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue, and we're coming to you from the campus of Middle Tennessee State University in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. People who think of college as an exciting adventure in a young person's life fail to realize that young people ages 18 to 25 have the highest rates of mental illness in the country, according to the National Institute of Mental Health. Earlier this year, the MTSU Center for Counseling and Psychological Services introduced a new tool to serve the campus community. Therapy Assistance Online, or TAO, is a service that students, faculty, and staff can use when the center is not open or scheduling is difficult. Dr. Robin Lee, director of the center, is with us to discuss TAO and the other resources available through the center after this. Here are some of the headlines making news at mtsunews.com, the university's news and information website. Three MTSU students balancing off-campus responsibilities with their full-time educational pursuits will continue their studies with financial help from the June S. Anderson Foundation. Sarah Clark, Holly LeDuc, and Samantha Sweat received full tuition scholarships from the foundation earlier this month at a special luncheon at Through the Grapevine Restaurant in Murfreesboro. Clark, a junior from Murfreesboro majoring in microbiology in MTSU's College of Basic and Applied Sciences, first applied for the Anderson stipend nine years ago. She took a break from education to raise her family, and shortly after returning to school, her husband lost his job. Clark is interested in becoming a researcher in equine parasitology. LaDuc, a senior from Murfreesboro, joined the U.S. Navy after high school. She served from 2001 to 2004 as a sonar technician on a destroyer and helped search for enemy submarines. Now LaDuc's a single mother of two boys, ages 14 and 8, and decided to major in accounting in MTSU's Jones College of Business after a stint as a bookkeeper for a local restaurant. And Sweat, a 2018 Anderson Scholarship recipient, said her family, like many across the country, still struggles with finances, and she is struggling with student loans. The senior accounting major from Henderson, Tennessee, is on track to earn her BBA degree this December. She's also looking forward to getting married in June 2021. For MTSU News at any time, go to mtsunews.com. Robin, welcome. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Before we get into TAO, let's start with a primer on the Center for Counseling and Psychological Services, what it is and what it does. Well, we are a training clinic that's affiliated with our master's counseling program. So at MTSU, we offer a master's degree in either clinical mental health or school counseling. And as part of the classes that our students take, they actually conduct a field placement that is at the center. And so part of that practicum experience is that they will conduct 100 hours of clinical time and they will provide direct services with clients um, providing counseling services, individual counseling services. So the center is really part of the learning experience for the program, um, but it it does afford us the opportunity to provide services to uh, not only the MTSU community, but the local community at large as well. 
and the students, of course, are under the supervision of a licensed counselor. They are. They are under the supervision of our program faculty. Um, myself and Dr. Michelle Stevens are uh, supervisors as well as uh, Dr. Tiffany Wilson. And so we actually have the capacity to record sessions and we can actually watch them at another time or we can even um, provide live supervision. So we have the option to actually send messages into our counseling rooms while the student is actually conducting the counseling session. So if the counseling session is recorded uh, and used in training, if you are playing back a recording of a counseling session with one of our psychology students, what might cause you to stop tape, for lack of a better way of saying it, of course we all know it's digital, and say, now when you said this or when you did that, what exactly are you looking for in the the student's approach to the client? I guess there's a wide range of things that we look for. Uh, when they begin their process of, of helping, they start with basic skills, and basic skills we want to help the client feel comfortable, help them feel like it's a safe environment for them to actually communicate difficult things. We want to communicate our ability to be empathic with them and to really have a deep level of understanding of what they're going through. So what we know is that even though people may have close friends that they can talk to, those close friends are not objective and so they may often provide advice or try to encourage them to do things that maybe they're not comfortable with um, just in a in a helping capacity and so what we can offer is really that objective view on whatever it is that they want to discuss so we start with that sort of basic perspective of let's make the clients feel comfortable and safe to be able to express themselves and to empathize with them um, to, to, to build the relationship so that's really our core foundation and from there we start to really try to uh, understand their story um, allow them to express whatever um, negative aspects of their life, uh, challenges that they may be experiencing, and then move into more of a working phase where they are actually d conducting some kinds of interventions to help them deal with the problem situations that they are experiencing. And then we move into the termination phase where we start to kind of solidify any uh, new behaviors that they may have developed, any new um, coping mechanisms that they may have um, attempted to uh, infuse in their lives, their daily lives. And in these sessions, I would imagine that body language is as important as what you actually say to the client, right? Absolutely. So research indicates that if a person's verbal message is in conflict with their nonverbal message, most of the time people will believe their nonverbal message. Um, it's really difficult to fake. And so uh, we do pay attention to both the verbal message and the nonverbal message. And we also really uh, look at the context in which people bring in their problem situations, so their life experience their social um, engagement, their socioeconomic status, their education level, all of those things really play into uh, how we sort of uh, develop an approach to our clients. 
Now, counseling services in the profession can be provided by licensed uh, clinical social workers, and in some cases by psychologists, and in some cases by psychiatrists. Mm -hmm. And the professionals at the center are what, by definition? Um, We are licensed professional counselors. So that's one of the things that I think the um, public at large sometimes doesn't necessarily understand. And we do try to make sure that our students are well equipped equipped to be able to distinguish themselves from other professions. So really there are uh, about five helping professionals, if you want to think about it as an umbrella of helping professionals. Mm -hmm. There's psychiatrists and medical doctors, um, the psychologists, the social workers, as you you have mentioned, and then professional counselors. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can add in marriage and family therapists, and even clergy can can be considered um, professional um, helpers. And so we are one of those groups of helpers, but we are actually a distinct profession as well. Mm -hmm. And so they're training to be professional counselors, and they're concentrating area is either clinical mental health where they would go and work in an agency setting like a mental health center or into the schools where they would become um, a school counselor. We'll take a break right here. We'll be right back. This is MTSU on the record. MTSU's Jewish and Holocaust Studies minor offers undergraduate students a chance to study the culture and religion of the Jewish people and the Holocaust in an interdisciplinary program. Studies include history and culture, theology and philosophy, and the arts and social sciences. Courses tackle vital topics central to local and global awareness, including multiculturalism and the meanings of diversity, religious tolerance, and genocide. For the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. The mission of the June Anderson Center for Women and Nontraditional Students is to provide education, advocacy, direct services, outreach, and programming for the MTSU campus and surrounding community on gender-related issues. The center also assists older students who are trying to balance work, college, and family. It also sponsors a monthly legal clinic, career brownback series, book club, and a newsletter twice a year. For all of the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. We're talking about MTSU's Center for Counseling and Psychological Services with its director, Dr. Robin Lee. Could you differentiate for us uh, between the Center for Counseling and Psychological Services and the Campus Counseling Center? Right. So the Campus Counseling Center is actually located in the KUC, and they are also open to providing services to all students on campus. Um, we do see faculty and staff as well, and I do not believe that they do, um, but sometimes it is a little confusing to students that, that there are two areas that they can seek help. And so we do try to make sure that when students are calling in that we ask if they are looking for the Campus Counseling Center and we will direct them to that um, that center um, versus us. Sometimes they do know where they're calling and we can go ahead and, and start services with them. And we have a really good working relationship with the, the on-campus counseling center. We, often, of course, refer to them. They refer to us. If there are sometimes services that have been provided, we have provided services, and they have provided services to the same student, then we would get even a, a potentially get a release of information and actually talk and sort of collaborate with one another. What are some of the stressors that, that college students encounter and sometimes fall prey to that might make them want to seek the center's services? One of the things that we are noticing with people in general is just the amount of anxiety 
that folks experience. And so I would probably say that uh, the number one uh, reason that people do seek help for us is is dealing with the stressors of life, um, daily stressors, anxiety, uh, which can then turn into depression. Or someone may um, seek services because they are not feeling up to, up to their fullest potential, and so they're experiencing depression as well. And so we really try to make sure that we're targeting whatever um, problem situation they present. But oftentimes we find that in addition to anxiety and depression, those can manifest due to other aspects of their lives. And so one of the things that we are beginning to focus a lot of time and effort with our students is on people who have experienced traumatic events. And so sometimes people may have had some kind of trauma in their background, which then can lead to anxiety and depression. So we are, our program is moving to becoming a trauma informed program so that when our students graduate that they will be able to work with whether it's a child adolescent or adult who might have experienced the term some type of traumatic experience um, what we refer to sometimes is um, aces which is adverse childhood experiences so we always take into account what kind of aces our clients might be bringing in and have been impacted by. Do you encounter any reluctance or nervousness to use the center because they don't want their peers to see them walking in? Well, one of the things that we're very fortunate is that we are located off campus. So we're in the Miller Education Building. Mm -hmm. So it's really, it allows the students to have a little bit of more anonymity and maybe protect their confidentiality. And so we're very clear when a student calls in and wants to seek services about um, some of our parameters. And of course, the first thing we let them know is that we are a training clinic. And that means that the, the, the counselors that are providing services are actually students in training. And so we also uh, let them know quickly that we record all of our sessions. I would say that nine times out of 10, uh, people don't, it doesn't really bother people that they are recording. They understand that we're a training clinic. Uh, confidentiality is a cornerstone of what we do. Without confidentiality, really nobody would probably seek help if they knew that their business was going to be out there for the general public. So it is very important to us that we uh, maintain confidentiality and we work really hard to do that. Can a client come to the center as many times as he or she feels the need? Um, because we are a training clinic, we do have some limitations. Uh, we are open Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday from 11 to 7 p.m. And we also are open only in the spring and fall semesters, so we are not open in the summer. And we don't have really the capability to be able to supervise and provide those services as much in the summer as we would like to, so we really opt out of, of not providing services. So if a student um, calls in at the very beginning of the semester, then they can get an appointment, they can see a counselor for the entire semester, and they might get as many as um, 10 to 12 sessions, which a lot of times is an average of what people get even from a private practitioner or in a community setting. So uh, we like for them to find a time that works for them weekly. Uh, it's their time and then we, we see them for uh, 50 minutes every week. And um, we try to make sure that it meets with their schedule, but we also ask our students to have hours that they're available, and we assign clients based on that availability. Do you ever refer clients to practitioners in the private sector if you think that would be the best course of action? We do. We we do make sure that 
it is within our students' scope to be able to provide the services. So if we determine that it really is outside of the scope of the student and the skill level, then we work with the client to find them some resources. We have several resource sheets that have names depending on even sometimes the problem situation. So if they, if we have clients that have eating disorders, we have several practitioners and agencies that we refer to for eating disorders. Or um, if a student actually might even need medication, then we have certain psychiatry um, services that we provide that we will make that referral for as well. Uh, for us, MTSU faculty, staff, and student, it is free of charge. And we do have all three groups that come to us for services. It, it, if it is a person that is in the community and not affiliated with MTSU, it's $10 per session. So we feel like it is really a, a very nominal fee for what they are getting. And um, we feel like that's an important service for us to provide is to be a, an option for folks that may not have insurance um, because sometimes even the co-pays are more than $10. Um, but we do, if a student um, or a community member doesn't have insurance or has um, financial difficulties, then we have places that we refer to that do have sliding scales. Time for another break. We'll be right back. This is MTSU on the record. The MTSU Department of Art has the newest facility for visual arts in the state with approximately 50,000 square feet of space, including high-tech computers and computer-driven equipment for multimedia, graphic design, printmaking, sculpture, painting, and ceramics. We feature a visiting artist lecture program and an exhibition program that exposes students to work by national and international artists. This is Jean Nagy, Department of Art. To find out more, visit mtsunews.com. The Concrete Industry Management Program at MTSU fills the need for trained personnel who know concrete technology and techniques. Our alumni go into the marketplace grounded in basic math and science and able to promote products or services related to the industry. Our participation in the academic common market ensures talented students in other states a chance to enroll on an in-state tuition basis. This is Dr. Heather Brown, director of the program. To find out more information on this or other university programs, visit mtsunews.com. Dr. Robin Lee is director of the Center for Counseling and Psychological Services here at MTSU. Uh, the newest tool of which I am aware is uh, therapy assistance online, and that is now available to the campus community through your center. How does it work? Right. So we were fortunate to partner with um, the distance education program at MTSU with the, within the university college. And it was really through their program that we were able to get Tau Connect, that's the, the name that they call themselves. And Therapy Assistance Online is what that stands for. And we, uh, University College, uh, purchased Tau Connect because it really is two, uh, two elements to the program. One is that it is a self-help system. So anyone on this campus can access Tau Connect. And it, it has interactive um, things, um, assessments, videos, tools, management tools that they can use without actually having to see someone. And so that's the self-help piece to it, and that is accessible to anyone uh, on campus. Um, the other aspect is what we were trying to do is to provide and work with University College and Distance Education Services was to provide online counseling services to the online counseling students, so distance counseling for those students 
folks who may not necessarily be coming to campus on a regular basis. So embedded within Tau Connect is the ability to do video conferencing. And so we actually saw several, um, and I'm not sure about the number, but that we, we were able to pilot this semester, but we would be at the center um, using this system and then they would be at their home or wherever they were comfortable um, accessing the counseling services. And Can so a student like get on their uh, cell phone and do a FaceTime real-time session with a counselor is that possible they yes it is possible there are some parameters around that first they have to be enrolled in a distance education class at MTSU and because we really have such limited availability we have they have to demonstrate a need for distance counseling so if it's someone who is on campus and maybe enrolled in one distance um, education class then we would really encourage them to to come to the center but if it's someone that say is in, in, enrolled in an entirely online program and maybe they live in Hendersonville and they're not driving to MTSU then that was what this program was designed for for practical reasons it, uh, therapy assistance online might be problematic for someone who lives on campus in the dorm anyway because you would want to be in a situation where you are private. You wouldn't want to be where your roommate is. You wouldn't want to be in the library because you might be overheard. I mean, you could take your laptop, I suppose, somewhere, but that uh, the logistics of it don't work quite as well for people who live on campus, right? Right. And, um, and again, I think that we, if they are able to get to us, we really value the personal connection where they're sitting in front of us. And one of the things that you mentioned earlier was nonverbal communication, and that is important. And that's sometimes a piece that can be missing in distance counseling services. And so that that's we would encourage them to try to come to find a time to come and see us. Um, but if for whatever reason they might not be able to, then we would consider the um, the ability to do, to do the video conferencing. This was a pilot program, and we're we're hoping to continue that in the fall and as, as we sort of work out the kinks that we'll get better at it and maybe even be able to offer it um, to more folks. Um, I've even been in conversations with um, uh, someone at the distance, um, I'm sorry, Disability Access Center that maybe students with disabilities that might have difficulties actually getting to the center um, physically might that might be an option for them. So we're we're looking into expanding the program as much as we can within the the limited resources that we have. And there is no additional fee for there TAO. No, there is not. No, that was a program that was um, paid for through um, distance education. So we're really grateful to them um, for seeing the need and really wanting to address it and have a to find a very good mechanism to be able to offer it, not just to students that are enrolled in online classes, but to the entire campus as well. At the risk of sounding like a Luddite, what would you say to people who might question the efficacy of cyberspace therapy. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of research that's done and, and continues to be done on distance um, counseling services. And I think that initially when it started, there was a lot of skepticism about, can this really work? Um, but it's been proven to be effective. And there are certifications that folks can get 
to training that they would get to actually be able to become a certified distance counselor. And so I think that we've really reached a point where we know how it can work, we know the best practices, and can really make it as effective um, as sitting in front of someone. With regard to the technological aspect of it, can the client be as assured of confidentiality with TAO, uh, given how easy it is for some people to hack into certain systems, uh, as they could if they were in a room? with a counselor. Right. Well, so that was one of the reasons that we thought that Tau Connect was a good way to go because they are a HIPAA compliant system. So one of the things that we don't do is use Skype or something like that. So uh, this is um, Zoom. If, if people have been ever used video conferencing through Zoom, this is Zoom for business. And so it is HIPAA compliant and it is... HIPAA uh, being the federal law that protects one's health privacy that's rights. That's correct. That's correct. So we would, we definitely were looking for a system that would, would ensure that kind of privacy. But there are other things that we take into consideration. Uh, we oftentimes will go through a series of things at the beginning of the session to ensure that we are talking to that person. So there might be code words that we would use and, um, and, and we would make sure that the, the systems are encrypted and things like that. So we feel pretty confident that it is a secure system. Mm-hmm. The states have also, licensing boards have also developed telehealth rules about who can provide these distance counseling services. And so a lot of the various states have limited who can see the residents of their state. And that's one of the trends that we're seeing. Um, They may allow someone that's credentialed as a distance counselor to see residents, but for the most part, they, they are trying to work to Um, maintain some accountability when it comes to who's providing services to the residents. That makes it even more important that MTSU is training the LPCs of the future through your center. Yes, and one of the things that we hope to implement through our program, um, they do, they have gone through some training on uh, distance counseling before they actually engaged in it, but we are working toward actually helping them get a credential so that not only when they um, leave this, the program have they participated in distance counseling services and providing it, but they have actually gone through a training to, to become credentialed. Do you think we as a society are finally getting over the idea that there is or should be a stigma surrounding mental health, Mm -hmm. that it's something to be ashamed of, that you're somehow defective or deficient if Mm -hmm. you have an issue that you need to seek professional help for? I think we are certainly closer than we have ever been. Um, It is really exciting to see that people are embracing it more and more. And one of the, I guess, challenges that we have is the fact that while society does start to um, seek services and pay closer attention to their mental health and recognize the the connection between mind and body, um, that the one piece that hasn't caught up with our increase in the use of services is the funding. And so a lot of, not a lot of funding is put toward mental health. And I think that's probably the biggest challenge that we have right now. Dr. Robin Lee, thank you for being our guest today. Thank you. We'll be right back. Expanding Your Horizons is an annual hands-on science and math conference for middle and high school girls. EYH enables girls to investigate careers in science and math 
and to talk with female leaders in those fields that are so essential to our nation's future. UIH also provides the girls with fun, hands-on activities and allows them to meet girls with similar interests. I'm Dr. Judith Iriarte-Gross, EYH Director. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. Specialized training in forensic science prepares tomorrow's professionals through the Forensic Institute for Research and Education, or FIRE. The Forensic Anthropology Search and Recovery Team assists law enforcement with skeletal remains at crime scenes. Legendary forensic scientists provide lectures free to the public, and high school students work realistic crime scenes each summer at our CSI MTSU camp. I'm Dr. Hugh Berryman, Director of FIRE. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. Jimmy Hart has the middle moment. MTSU spring graduate Alexis Marshall of Murfreesboro was among several students who attended this year's 1911 Society Luncheon to express thanks to those who make planned gifts to MTSU through their estates. A Buchanan Fellow, Marshall earned degrees in journalism and Spanish and a minor in Arabic as she considers a future career as a foreign correspondent. Here's Marshall on what donor support of scholarships, such as the Buchanan, means to students like her. I am a Buchanan Fellow, so my tuition is completely paid for. That means that I get to graduate completely debt-free, which is a big deal because journalism, like right off the bat, isn't necessarily like one of those top-earning like career sectors, but it is something that I'm passionate about, and I'm glad that I'm free to like pursue my passions without having to worry about like $100,000 in debt over my head at graduation. That's MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue. Thanks for listening. MTSU on the Record, a news and information program about Middle Tennessee State University, is produced by the university's Marketing and Communications Office, which is solely responsible for its content. Read more about MTSU at our website, mtsunews.com. Podcasts of this program are available at mtsunews.com and on iTunes.